shuffling madness I'm the locomotive brat Jethro Tull is coming to the Rose Music Center August the 20th. River Bend and Cincy the 22nd. Ticketmaster.com for tickets. And right now they're doing a European tour. Ian Anderson, how are you, sir? Hello, Jethro. How are you? <laughs> you guys, well, you guys. It was it, it was worth a try. You guys yes, don't I, still get people that. People have do been you? calling me Jethro for whatever it is, fifty three <laughs> years, and I. I just roll with it. Don't worry. <laughs> so yes, we we are currently out and about doing various concerts around Europe and in London. A couple of days ago, flying off to Spain tomorrow, and then Slovenia and many points in between before we head to the USA uh, towards the end of August. So yeah, we're we're busy boys as usual. Well, Ian, you're just a huge musical act, and you can sell out venues all across the world. Have you ever thought about living in the U.S.? I know you've mostly lived in Europe your entire life, but have you ever was there ever a thought one day in your life of maybe I'll do the L.A. thing, maybe I'll get the mansion, upstate New York, or something? I think it would not be Los Angeles, but my, my wife and I have always said if we had to live somewhere else, then it probably would be the U.S.A. and it probably would be the Northeast of uh, of the U.S.A. more yeah. than anywhere else, simply because. I suppose we're more familiar with the, uh, you know, with the culture and also the fact that it, you know, millions of years ago was actually joined on to the west coast of Scotland. So uh -huh. before the tectonic plates took their toll and split us up to be colonial distant cousins, we were we were kind of at one really with the. Uh, with the northeastern states of the USA. So I, I think I have a natural attachment to places like Maine and New Hampshire and Massachusetts and Connecticut and uh, and Vermont. Let's not forget yeah, Vermont. Because I was going to ask you about that, because I, I, I wouldn't think you're a New York City guy. You've always been kind of uh, live, lived out in the country on farms, correct? Yes, and to my knowledge, there are not too many um, countryside farms, actually, in New York City. I mean, no. it's only Central Park, and I don't think it's for sale. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking Titanic plates with Grady and Anderson this morning. And, you know, Ian, being a classic rock, as long as we've had, as we have, uh, you know, there's all these, uh, a lot of classic rock, iconic bands. It's the 40th anniversary tour. It's the final go-round tour. It's... You're do isn't it the seven decades tour. Now you're just bragging. I don't think there's another <laughs> seven decades. It's unparalleled, unheard of. Well, it's not. It's seven decades doesn't mean in this case seventy years. It, what it really means is that we started in the sixties. Yeah. And you know, so we we were just including in the in oh, the okay. set list yeah. something something from each one of the decades through to the present day. And um, so in that sense, it is seven decades that we have spanned. But uh, when you actually count up the years, I'm cheating a bit. It's only 55. Yeah. Hey, you know, Ian, a lot of, let's be honest about what, what you do in music. There's not a lot of flute in rock. There's not a lot of flute players out there making the hits and doing what you're doing. Do you look at yourself as a pioneer for what you do? Well, I look at myself as having made a lucky choice to do something different from the majority of other bands. When I began, everybody wanted to be a guitar player like Eric mm -hmm. Clapton, and, and so did I, for that matter, at the age of 17 or 18. But then I, I thought, well, this is just too...
too many of them out there. And, you know, we've already got Eric Clapton, we've got Jeff Beck, we've got Richie Blackmore, we've got uh, Jimmy Page. I mean, all these great guys down in London doing the sessions and playing on everybody's records and, and then going on to be major stars in their own right. But I thought I must find something else to do that, that Eric Clapton doesn't do. And as far as I knew, he couldn't play the flute, so I thought that's a fair enough bet. <laughs> Now, now playing playing the flute and doing the different ex, uh, instruments. You know, we were talking to uh, uh, Joe Elliott. You know, because Def Leppard's coming to town and they're bringing the stadium tour. And he talks about how you know he gets a little older. He's got to do about two, three hours to warm up his voice. Being that you're playing a wind instrument, when you get older, is there techniques that you have to do when you go on tour to get ready so you can still? you know, use the air that you used 20, 30 years ago and still put on those great performances? Well, the thing is that, you know, two hours of aerobics on stage is um, is a good workout. Yeah. The, the reality is that I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't go into it completely cold. I do always try and do, you know, if I haven't played a show for a few days, then I, I will spend a day or two doing rehearsals just to warm up. And, in fact, I'm in a rehearsal room right now, and at least in rehearsal studio in the office and that's where I, I i tend to you know do my do my diligent homework and just remember some of the quite difficult music and i i know if you're just a singer well not just a singer i mean with all respect to joe elliott in fact we, we exchanged emails just a few days ago on two or three emails flurried back and forth between us and um and he, he's a big jethro tell fan and and we've actually played together in fact he came to play with me in uh, was it Harrogate Cathedral or yeah? What, what, he did one of my Christmas shows and came and played a couple of songs. A very nice man. And uh, you know, if you if you're a singer, then of course you can't hide behind the flute. Yeah. It's a very small instrument, and I'm quite a big guy, at least in the waistline, and so I can't really hide behind it. But at least it's I don't rely on only being a singer because I'm not a natural singer anyway. Not like not like Joe Elliott and and all the great vocalists of our time who who you know have some special talent and some special ability. I'm I'm just a I'm just a you know, flute player who sings a bit and does my best. And I think maybe I, I hit my peak in the early 80s. And then I wanted to, I, 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 in my fantasies, I, I, I thought I could become, uh, you know, a, a rock vocalist in the, like Lou Graham in Foreigner. I mean, he was, he was and still is, I think, in my mind, the best, the best rock tenor vocalist of all time. But I, I realized that I couldn't do that. I'm, I'm a baritone singer, not a tenor. And my my natural voice is, is one that is a little rounder and lower and struggling and pushing oh, it to good, try and sing rock music is not a, not a good idea for me at all. It just uh, wrecked my voice back in the, in the mid-'80s. So You're a humble man. I, I'm a humble man, but I'm a realistic man. I'm a pragmatic man. Nothing, nothing like pragmatism to get you through the latter stages of life. And, you know, uh, all the Jethro, Jethro told that we play, whether it's aqua, all the hits, Locomotive Breath, Cross-Eyed Mirror, I was always a Songs of the Wood guy. I always thought your vocals and your playing in that just spectacular. What year would that have been, Songs of the, from the Wood? That was 1977. Oh, it was that far back. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and um, and and indeed, yeah, there are songs from that album and the subsequent album, Heavy Horses, which are that era that I think Jethro Tull was thought of as being almost a folk rock band as opposed to a progressive rock band. 
but it, it was just taking the the influences of different kinds of music that I enjoyed listening to as a as a young man, and folk music was amongst the mix, along with classical music, and earlier on, of course, jazz and blues, which got me going when I was a late teenager, and fascinated me but jazz is much too difficult to play and um and blues well it's it's a great entry into learning how to improvise and get the basics of music but i'm i am not a black american folk musician so it seemed a little disingenuous to try and make a living out of imitating something that i was clearly not but classical music was on the table for you professionally at that time before you decided to go into rock in in my wildest fantasies, but I've never had a music <laughs> lesson, so I can't really do classical music in the way that that real classical musicians perform it, because they all have to be able to sight read and be, you know, really quite expert in their in their musical understanding, in their in their academic ability with music. Whereas I, I'm just a self-taught fumbler, but you know, fumbling is a good way to find in find enrichment in new territories where other people don't go because you know if you have a music teacher he isn't going to teach you to do what i do yeah um and so i I think in a way being being a naive innocent and aspiring young musician just finding my way in whatever i could do was was much more exciting and ultimately paid off in the sense that i carved out a little bit of territory of my own so um that's the that's the the short the shortcut really to to um finding a, a place in the universe that is is your own little your own little patch of sand. You know what though, Ian, I'll disagree with you a little bit on the teaching thing. We're talking to Ian Anderson, wanna tell you Jethro Tullroll's music center. August the 20th, Riverbend on August the 22nd, Ticketmaster.com. My son, I have a 16-year-old taking music theory class that you're actually, what you're talking about would actually be perfect for music theory. That there's well, different I, ways I, to I get do sometimes to... Talk to young, I sometimes talk to young musicians, you know, young classical musicians, and try to explain that it's they should they should try to retain and, and really understand what their, their teachers are telling them. But, you know, just give yourself a little time off, you know, for a few minutes at the end of a lesson and just fool around, you know, to throw away the music, just just put it all to one side and and just try playing something that is just something of your own invention. And that, that even if it's just a few minutes a day, with the technical ability that you acquire having been taught, then you should be able to get a whole lot uh, quicker to your destination than I was able to do because my lack of technique is what held me up for really several years. I was um, just um, self-taught and I played a lot of things very badly and incorrectly and <laughs> I had to relearn to play the flute after about 15 years to realize what I was doing wrong. But anyway, it all pays off. We're, we're all we're all we're all cut from different cloth, and yeah. I think whatever whatever is right for me might not be right for you, and vice versa. Has there ever been? Is there a venue or an event? I don't know if it's from from you, maybe a European football game that you you want to play. Is there a venue or an event that you haven't played yet that you would like to play? Well, there've been t- a lot of terrific places, from you know, crazy places like Shea Stadium and other sports arenas around the world, to uh, ancient Roman amphitheaters in in uh, in Italy and Greece and Turkey and places that I play, which are, I mean, really quite magical. 
I mean, actually, in, in Ephesus, in Turkey, the the old amphitheater there, when Saint, where Saint Paul famously preached wow. um, to to a to a, an empty house, and the few people that were there apparently booed him off stage. But Saint Paul tried preaching at uh, at Ephesus, so we, we're talking, you know, a couple of thousand years ago. Um, and it's a, a, an amazing thing to stand in a place like that that is actually the same capacity as Madison Square Gardens, oh, 23,000 wow. people. And I think those are the very memorable things. But most of the ones that it's, that it's possible to play, I think I probably have done by now. I, although I did see a, just a couple of hours ago an offer coming in from Kazakhstan to play in, a, in some beautiful modern concert hall in Kazakhstan. <laughs> Um, which is a place I've never been to and probably won't because the cost of airfares alone is just crazy. But um, it, um, yeah, there's occasionally something comes into the the sphere of possibilities that, that catches my attention just because I haven't done it before. But there's a lot of things I haven't done before, which I, you know, I don't necessarily turn them down straight away. I think about it and then decide, no, thank you. <laughs> And that that applies to various kind of offers I've had from various people to um, oh, like a Saudi Arabian prince. Or... Yeah, and, I, w- uh, I was just going to ask. On the flip side of that coin, what's the worst? Is is there one gig where you took the money from a Saudi prince, or and you find yourself in a circumstance where it's just it's just not working? Well, I've I've, I've politely turned down a few offers to do. Yeah either private concerts for very rich people right. or, or to perform in places Good that, for you. that, from a political point of view, just re- really wouldn't be the, the, the right thing to do. But, you know, they're, they're kind of easy to say no to. You just have to say no in a polite way. And I think um, yeah. that you, you, it's, not, it's always nice to be asked. It's, it's, I mean, I, I remember walking through a crowded airport once in Chicago and a very tall, um, I, th- I guess he was a, a basketball player or something, a huge, tall guy, um, patted me on the butt and said, said, hey, nice ass. And I I turned around and looked at him, and I thought, uh, well, thank you very much, sir. That's a kind thing to say, (laughs) but uh, I really have a plane to catch. (laughs) Was that like Dennis Dennis Rodman? (laughs) (laughs) That was Dennis Rodman, everybody. (laughs) Hey, Ian, you have been great with us throughout the years. Looking forward to August 20th at uh, Rose Music Center, August 22nd at Riverbend. Ticketmaster.com. Thank you so much. We appreciate your time, sir. We love you, pal. Good luck. Yeah, thank you very much indeed. And the ass is still nice, by the way. It's just a little bit bigger than it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, take care. Bye-bye. Take See you care. soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.